Today is Wednesday, December 2nd, 2009, and this is Radio Wave. Network Information Service. I'm Robert John. Obama nominates a radical's radical. When Barack Obama nominated David Hamilton to the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals, his staff said the selection is a kind of signal about the type of judge this White House is seeking. Judge Hamilton is an anti-faith extremist whose cases are only notable for their blatant religious prejudice. In the suit for which Hamilton is most recognized, the judge struck down 188 years of prayers in Jesus' name to open the Indiana legislature, claiming that it unconstitutionally advanced Christianity. The Washington Times warned readers, This judge is a radical's radical, whose past jobs have included heading up Indiana's chapter of the left-wing organization, the ACLU, and fundraising for ACORN, which sustains numerous positions diametrically opposed to Catholic teaching. Our Lady of Medjugorje said on July 30, 1987, Many people now live without faith. Some don't even want to hear about Jesus, but they still want peace and satisfaction. This is the Medj Network Information Service. Catholic bishops decide against collection for the so-called Catholic Campaign for Human Development. Bishop Edward J. Slattery of Tulsa, Oklahoma, recently decided not to contribute to the National Collection for the Catholic Campaign for Human Development, making him the sixth bishop confirmed to have done so. Members of the newly formed Coalition to Reform the Campaign produced several reports documenting how numerous campaign grantees have promoted or are promoting activities directly contrary to church teaching, including abortion and abominable lifestyles. Criticisms based upon the CCHD's questionable funding practices are not new. The late Father Richard John Newhouse, editor-in-chief of First Things, an interreligious research and education institute, claimed last year that the CCHD has nothing to do with Catholicism except that Catholics are asked to pay for it. Father Newhouse even urged that it be terminated. Our Lady said on October 2, 2003, Dear children, do not allow the false brightness that is surrounding you and being offered to you to deceive you. Do not allow Satan to reign over you with the false peace and happiness. Come to me. And then on April 2, 2009, she said, Dear children, God's love is in my words. My children, that is the love which desires to turn you to justice and truth. That is the love which desires to save you from delusion. This is the Medj Network Information Service. Italians outraged as European court rules against crucifixes in the classroom. The European Court of Human Rights ruled on November 3rd that displaying crucifixes in Italian classrooms violates parents' rights to secular education for their children. The Strasbourg Court found that the presence of the crucifix could be disturbing for pupils who practiced other religions or were atheists. 
The ruling has sparked an uproar throughout the country, with religious leaders and politicians condemning the ruling. This is an abhorrent ruling, said Rocco Buttiglioni, a former culture minister. Mario Baccini, a senator, said the European Court of Human Rights had gone adrift in paganism, while P. Cassini of the Union of Christian Democrats Party called the European Union's institutions spineless in their failure to acknowledge the continent's Christian roots. The European Court ruled against the crucifix in public. But what does Our Lady of Medjugorje say about the cross? September 12, 1985 Dear children, I want to tell you that the cross should be central these days. Pray especially before the crucifix from which great graces are coming. And on June 20, 1986, Pray before the crucifix. Special graces come from the crucifix. Consecrate yourselves to the cross. Do not blaspheme either Jesus or the crucifix. From the Medj Network Information Service, I'm Robert John. This is Medjugorje.com. Stay tuned for our regular radio wave broadcast, brought to you by Caritas of Birmingham. They were tired. It was cold. Such a long journey. The treasure carried would replace the old. Its value had been such that to touch the chest which carried the old brought the penalty of death. What importance would the new vessel have, carrying treasure vastly greater in value than the old? What was the vessel's treasure? A treasure that man, both good and bad, would seek after its wealth for ages? Ending the journey, the vessel and treasure were brought to a special place. There, the vessel opened. The treasure... Jesus was born. Isaiah says, Come reason with me, saith the Lord. Since Adam, 80 billion people have lived and died. Out of billions, only one was entrusted with the greatest treasure ever. Only one held him to her breast. On winter nights, what thoughts must have gone through this breath of heaven? who cuddled he who was born of man, and yet God. Reason and think. Go deeper into the scriptures. Has any man ever known the love which existed between his mother and child? What wonders it reveals? What hope it gives for all the world? For God needed a mother for his son. The scriptures are alive. They speak more than the words we read. This Christmas, Meditate, think, reason. The resting place exists to help you along this path. The gift shop that's much more. The resting place at Caritas of Birmingham. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and of course today is the second of the month, and we'll be speaking with him on the message that we received earlier today through Mariana. And for those of you who are new to Medjugorje, on the second of every month, Our Lady gives a message for the world through Mariana on the day for nonbelievers. And this is a special message uh, for uh, nonbelievers, and Our Lady has uh, shown over the last... Uh, several years, that she's, also, that she's speaking to us in a special way through these messages. And so as we begin this broadcast, we ask that you open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Mary, it's with great joy that we have your words today, especially something so applicable to Christmas and to our season and same time of darkness and its plans. We wish to always be with you. We pray that you stay with us and never abandon us, and thank you for being here today with us. Amen. 
Well, here we are again, and of course this is the great joy of this December starting and our second of the month beginning for the Day of Non-Believers, but still yet again it already shows us that we have unbelief in us, being that there's different traits of of uh, wickedness that all you know, as as David said, our very nature is sinful. Almost David actually wrote, uh, "I was born a sinner," so our very nature is sinful. And uh, Our Lady reminds us for this that we might always go forward into holiness and really reach out in a special way uh, to have Jesus in our heart. So, Joan, if you would like to go ahead and read the message today. Our Lady, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's December 2nd, 2009 message to Mariana on the day for nonbelievers. Dear children, at this time of preparation and joyful expectation, I, as a mother desire to point you to what is the most important to your soul. Can my son be born in it? Is it cleansed by love from lies, arrogance, hatred, and malice? Above all else, does your soul love God as your father, and does it love your fellow brother in Christ? I am pointing you to the way which will raise your soul to a complete union with my son. I desire for my son to be born in you. What a joy that would be for me as mother. Thank you. Well, there we have something beautiful that can be taken many, many ways, and I'm certain people out there are taking it their ways. Well, what do y'all think about the message? Well, okay, Joan, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I um, was a little bit surprised, I guess, by Our Lady's joyful tone in this message. Um, we've seen throughout this past year, especially, where she's come with more serious words to say. Not that these aren't serious, but uh, there's, there's definitely um, an expression of joy that you feel in the message today. Well, I think that we have so much <clears throat> to reflect on, um, especially during a season where our concentration is really on Jesus. And even those who uh, don't want to believe or are non-believers or people who are defiant against it, they know this month and what it means and they know what Christmas means. And so they're striking and casting and doing everything possible to erase this, which is a very grave danger. Uh, you know, it's what I've written before that if we... If we don't step up to the plate and protect the morals of society through guarding that, that is not allowed to just say anything it wants to say or put out anything it wants to say, uh, if we vacate that position, it's going to be filled. That's at least a void. The moral authority of the culture, the moral authority uh, in our schools, in our government, if we say, well, we got to be tolerant of others, they take over. There's no neutral ground where, okay, you're going to have half the playing field, we're going to have the other half. The minute we recede from speaking out on as as the moral authority, the unmoral authority takes its place. Uh, a vacuum naturally fills up. A crevice, that's what happens. You feel uh, the the ground, a sinkhole in it, and water comes into it. You know, it may drain out, but there's, there's something going to fill that up. And uh, we've got to realize that there's a vacuum in society because we, as many as Christians, have thought that we should be tolerant and accepting of things. And well, that's their opinion and that's their right. Well, well, you're free to sin. God gave free will. You're not, a, you're not free to impose those ways of sin into the culture and society into law. And this is where people are uneducated. They don't, they don't realize where they need to take their stands and they don't realize what they have to do to make those uh, things go away. It means that we have to stand up. We have to stand up against the culture. And, and yes, Our Lady wants us to have no arrogance in us in doing so, no lies, no hatred, no malice. But Jesus stood up. He stood up in the temple. Was it arrogant? Arrogance is a sin. Was it arrogant for him to fashion a whip and drive the money changers and the people out of the temple? Was it arrogant or, or was it hatred that, that made him turn the tables upside down? Did he do this in malice? We've got to realize there's things we can do as Christians. We can never do it through lies, arrogance, hatred or malice. And so what what is it to be a lot like Jesus? What is it to sit there and see the way he loved? Or when somebody 
uh, snubs you and and you accept that strike on the on the in the heart or on the face even. Uh, at the same time, Christians don't have the ability to distinguish that there are certain things we stand up for, and we don't have to do it in arrogance. But we we don't have to tolerate what's been imposed upon us. So when we see this uh, stranger on the street and we see that they're in need, or we see that that we we don't be smug to them, we don't sit there and say, "Well, they're there because of what they've done." Certainly, a lot of people have made bad decisions in life. Certainly, there's there's things that could have been done a different way. Thank God we're not there, you know. So we're talking about love the sinner. But we're also talking about standing up against the sin. And especially when the sinner starts imposing his way upon society. So we need to be more like uh, our mother, our mother Mary, and follow her way because she reflects perfectly Jesus and she's told us to be a reflection of Jesus. I seen her give her last five dollars to a stranger on the street and do without a dress she wanted so we would have enough to eat and when the ladies at the garden club looked down their nose at her I watched her turn the other cheek without one better word Mama was a lot like Jesus The way she lived in love A blessing sent from heaven up above She would pray for our forgiveness And sacrifice for us Mama was a lot like Jesus She could stretch a bag of groceries for two weeks to keep us fed. And she could take an old brown potted plant and raise it from the dead. And her words were like a healing touch when we had a broken heart. And when I wrestled with the devil, she led me through the dark. Mama was a lot like Jesus The way she lived in love A blessing sent from heaven up above She would pray for our forgiveness And sacrifice for us Mama was a lot like Jesus I've got my daddy's eyes, I've got my daddy's hair, but I hope my mama's heart is inside me somewhere. Cause mama was a lot like Jesus, the way she lived and loved, a blessing sent from heaven up above. She would pray for our forgiveness and sacrifice for us. Mama was a lot like Jesus. My mama was a lot like Jesus. Most people wouldn't probably use words like they're arrogant or filled with hatred or malice when describing themselves. At least I think most of the people that would say they're followers of Our Lady. And my question is, do you think Our Lady stating these things in this message, that maybe these things are more in in our hearts than what we would like to admit uh, you know, what would be her purpose in in uh, 
saying these particular words in this message? Well, I think I can find all five for these traits in myself. It, it, you know, you don't have to be saying uh, a, a lie outright. You can you can live that lie. In other words, you could you could be pronouncing some ways that somebody should be doing something and not doing it behind the scene. Uh, we're fasting today. I say, oh, I ate bread water, and then I go I, I go eat something else. You know, nobody else is going to know. You know, uh, even if you didn't verbalize that, the fact that you profess to do that, then you do something else. And, and there's days that we may eat chips or something like that. Right now we're on a three-day fast and we want pure bread and water. We want to make sure we have a real clean fast. But, you know, so there's ways to not say lies, but to 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 be alive, to be one of our lady's children. is that way arrogance. Uh, there's a lack of reflection among our lady's children. It's very arrogant to be in the presence of the mother of God and her apparitions of what she herself has said there's particular special graces available at this moment. And you say you're believing in that, and you, you're texting somebody, even in the middle of the apparitions. This is arrogant. Would you do that in the presence of a queen, a physical queen on the earth, or a president of somebody very, very important? You know, you're not going to do this of a person of prestige, you know, unless you stepped out of the room. Uh, there's been people that carry to us that stepped out of a meeting with us, a vendor, because they knew it wasn't proper. So, uh, and, and they want to make the sale. So they know out of respect and out of humility uh, to not do that. So where is our arrogance in us? Everybody's got something that they can correct and realize, well, that's, that's arrogant. Do you use your wealth? Do you use your poverty and poverty arrogance? A lot of people use poverty arrogantly. You owe me this. Or, or you know, it's not, it's not a humility with it. And hatred, hatred. I see so many people saying people are racist. I've, I've read it for years. I've seen it. And these are the most hate-filled people I've ever seen. Just the way they say it. You're a racist. You know, that's a judgment on somebody's heart. Do you know that for a fact? Do you know that's really the way they are? Do you know if they're correcting something in the culture that somebody uh, might say that this is not the right way? Our lady comes to correct us all the time. You know, but the person who's accused of that, if they're doing that with hate, then they're wrong. If the person's saying the word, they're wrong. And hatred could be in all shapes and forms. Not just calling that somebody, hatred could be calling somebody a derogatory name. Or thinking derogatory. Or in the family. Or resenting because your mother and father gave you a direction. And you, you might snub your nose at that. And you might think, that that's not a, a a big thing, but really in the end, it, what to what degree is it hatefulness? See, hatred you think one thing, but then you think hatefulness, another thing too. So, you know that's that can be a real problem. And malice, how many people say, "Oh, I want to get back at them," or they even take pleasure in something that comes bad to somebody who's bad. Instead of pitying him, Saddam Hussein had what he had coming to him, coming to him when he was executed. But if we have malice in our heart, even those who are victims, we're wrong. It was a just sentence for him to be executed. Everything that he did came back to self as a principle biblically. Our Lady wants us to see this. And so society has a right to protect itself. Culture has a right to protect itself. The the culture in our uh, in, um Iraq had the right to protect themselves and to put them on trial. At the same time, if, if it's with malice and hatred and, and, and unjust anger, there's a righteous anger, and people had a right to be angry with him. But you see, even somebody heinous like that, we can be a sin about. And how much more so those we love, those in the family, or those who are a neighbor. So there's a lot to say, and I, I would dare say every one of us have these traits, traits of non-believer. And he wants this out of us. She wants us to go away. She wants us to be vacated out of us completely. And she wants us to know that we're never alone. They always have her. That uh, every beat of our heart, you know, anything you face that's unknown, whatever happens, Our Lady's going to be there for us. And this is a beautiful message today to be able to say these things very strongly. 
you know, be be an example of someone who doesn't have this hatred or malice in them. May the angels protect you, trouble neglect you, and heaven accept you when it's time to go home. May you always have plenty, your glass never empty, and know in your belly you're never alone. May your tears come from laughing, you find friends worth having with every year passing. They mean more than gold, may you win, but stay humble, smile more than grumble, and know when you stumble, you're never alone, never The cold winds won't blow So when hard times have found you And your fears surround you Wrap my love around you You're never alone Never was a real interesting point that you brought up earlier today about how uh, in the in the message here that the traits of lie, arro- lies, arrogance, and hatred and malice could be found uh, within our own hearts. Uh, just reading what uh, was written on Medjugorje.com today uh, regarding uh, the your view on this and how you how you took this message and it opened up really what I thought was very surprising and and um, uh, something I would never have thought of reading the message and how you wed that message to abortion and this great evil that's taking place in our society. Uh, Something interesting or an interesting feedback that we received uh, about this article. Um, The person was asking, actually, I could, let me pull this up here. And this is uh, Catherine from the United Kingdom. She was saying that, um, I love the recent message from Our Lady. I wholeheartedly agree that abortion is an evil. Uh, I am greatly concerned that the message from Mary remains what they originally were rather than being loaded with interpretations. Perhaps the writer knows something I don't. I would appreciate knowing the basis for reading the secondary message about abortion into a message that seemed to speak uniquely of the believer being transformed into Christ-likeness. Many thank you, Catherine. 
So I guess basically what she was asking was, how is it that you could see this in there when she saw something different in the message? Well, first of all, the, these messages, what she sees in the messages is correct. How she understands the messages is correct. The messages are for her personally. That's without question. That is not challenged at all. And the message for me didn't speak to me personally what I wrote today. I started praying last night, the last couple of days ago, to understand the message a lady, a lady wanted me to understand. And when I write these, it's from a, uh, a, a biblical worldview, a worldview of the culture, a worldview of the whole message templated over all the situations that we see, all the malice, all the hatred, all the lies, all, all the, the things in society that's, that's evil, and all the things in society that's good, and where we're going with these things. And so, um, I'm not reading anything into the messages. When when someone says this, they they lack the understanding of the profoundness of the message. When I first went to Medjugorje, many many times I got to say, "Well, lady's saying the same old thing. She's just repeating herself." And then I ran across the message that says, "You must pray to comprehend the profoundness of the message." And I thought, "What am I missing here?" You know, I read them for a personal read, and I see then how this applies to me. And well, I've got to work on what I got to change. But the profoundness is that these things speak six and a half billion times today to six and a half billion times of people today. Now, not all of them read it. Not all of them will know it before they die. But many, as time goes on, will know about these apparitions through the secrets, and those messages will speak to them. But does it only mean six and a half billion meanings? No. Multiply that a hundred times. What's a hundred times? Six, well, way over 60 billion. In fact, a hundred times would be, uh, what, 90 million? 90 billion meanings? As Jesus told Peter about forgiveness, seven times seven, even that. Why? Because what message I get now personally speaks to me tomorrow personally in a different way, and the next day a different way. So it's very crucial and very important to understand that there are St. Paul was put in a position he was put in to help people understand the scriptures. But the scriptures speak to me personally too. But also he gave a, a greater understanding and depth and made them open up where people could understand that. This whole concept of templating. Template. Again, we I repeat, while well, I came up with this whole concept of of the news, Mesh, Mesh News, Mesh Network is for to give the people the, the training and the and the Understanding and the ways that you can temper these messages every, over every single thing. And so, uh, Catherine in England is very correct in that what she saw, she saw, and it's 100% right what she saw. But she's 100% wrong in saying there's something being read into the message. Because it says that. It is clearly that. And this is from a, 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 a worldview over the culture. It's not incorrect. And so the, God's placed me in that position to do that. But I don't discount anybody's understanding of the message. We've given given a voice because we've we've prayed the, through the years. We lived this. We, we want to know the, the meaning personally on a localized level of myself, my family, the community, the Caritas, and a globalized message. And I say globalized with very uh, reservedness that we don't want to walk toward globalization. But on the culture as a whole, as a world that Our Lady wants to convert, uh, as a world that Our Lady said um, June 25th, 08, uh, God desires the conversion of the entire world. You know, that's the goal, individually. Following the messages individually. So uh, she's wrong, right on one place and wrong on the other place. And when you understand that, you'll see that. And sometimes people come to me and say something about messages. I didn't see that. I don't sit there and say, well, you're reading into something. It's real. This message has that many variations, billions and billions and billions of variations. There's messages I see that I, I can't see what I saw 10 years ago because I've matured in the spiritual life. I failed in the spiritual life. I've got history with Our Lady. And I see things in a different light and can explain them more. One lady in the field told me, that's following Our Lady very much, that she um, she has to read the messages when I comment on them, 
right on me. She was thanking me for this. And I said, don't thank me. Thank our lady. Thank the Holy Spirit. Thank our lady what she's done. She says, no, I can, I, I, I'm able to do things and see more about me personally than what I had done before. Uh, your comments or your, your writings on that. So, uh, you know, we, we're to answer our lady's call. This is part of our charisma. It's part of our call. And it's what we do. And so we, we have to understand that our hearts um, really need to be open to all the understanding, not just the things. You know, what I like to do is I like to put in any interpretation of anything, there's five things. What did the saints say? What did the scripture say? What did the church teach us and the magisterium being obedient to it? And, and the message themselves. There's five things you can go through. And if any of those contradict each other, one of them contradicts it. You can't go that way. You can't understand the message in that light. They all have to be in sync and together. And so we come to this beautiful season of Christmas. And, and our, our ladies wanting us to birth Jesus. O come, Emmanuel. O come, O come, Emmanuel. She's begging us to have him in our hearts. She wants us to have that. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, that mourns in
invite you to an experience of a lifetime. Come to the five-day annual retreat, December 8th through 12th, the five days of the reconciling of ourselves, our families, and our nation back to God, a prayerful gathering to implore the mercy of God upon our families and nation. America was given a beautiful gift on Thanksgiving Day, November 24, 1988. The Virgin Mary appeared in an open field, consecrating the spot by her heavenly visitation. Today, Our Lady appeared and she was very happy when she came. She announced through the Medjugorje visionary, Maria Lunetti, she was here to help us and that she would intercede for you to God for all your intentions. Experience Our Lady. Experience Retreat. Experience Christmas. Experience a place fragranced by the Queen of the Angels herself and leave moved deep within your heart. With Our Lady appearing 28 years in Medjugorje, come to a special place she's visited, designated, and allow Our Lady to enlighten you in regard to God's plans to renew the face of the earth, nay, even all of creation. For more information, call Caritas at 205-672-2000. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. One thing interesting about uh, this uh, message here, and that uh, certainly is worthy to be brought up, and hopefully you can <clears throat> give us a little more insight into this, but in, uh, in, November, in November, November 25th, the last monthly message, Our Lady uh, mentioned the preparation for the joy of the coming of uh, Jesus. And then Our Lady asked, or Our Lady said, may your hearts be pure and pleasing. And, and in today's message, Our Lady <clears throat> brought up, the, again, the time of preparation and joyful expectation. And um, about this, this time that we're in right now, uh, on December 2nd, 2008, Our Lady used the exact same words in saying joyful expectation. And uh, in today's message, Our Lady, of course, used those words. And she asked if the heart was cleansed by love from lies, arrogance, malice, and hatred. And of course, there's something that's a tie between these messages. Uh, our Lady a asking us, of course, if we're preparing for this time of the coming of Jesus, and that our hearts are our hearts pure in both messages or in all of these messages. But it, it, is there not a future meaning also uh, to this message? And not just, of course, there's the time that we're in right now, which is the season of Christmas that we're moving into. Uh, but is there not a future meaning uh, in saying the preparation uh, for the coming of Jesus? Well, certainly. We have this, um, the second coming of Jesus coming. And we have constantly from the seminaries teaching, teaching over emphasis that, well, you know, St. Paul thought Jesus was coming back, which he did. He thought he was going to come back in his lifetime. And so this emphasis uh, that's being taught in seminaries wrongly, I, I believe very strongly it's wrong, uh, is just on the emphasis of, uh, well, we don't know when that's going to be and that's way off. And, and so what we need to be focused on when, when, we're gonna, when, when we, Jesus is going to come because when we die, we'll do that. And that's what we need to focus on. Well, that's true, okay? That, that has a spirit of truth to it. That's no question. But everybody that's coming out of seminaries for years have been emphasizing that and discounting the second coming. There's no balance to it. Certainly, I very likely will see this, my coming me before Jesus through death. But I could just as likely see him coming to, from the West. I think it's from the West, yeah. Uh, and, you know, in a lightning flash. Uh, you know, the balance of both of them. We don't know which one's going to happen. And so in the seminaries they teach, so you've got to be ready. You've got to be prepared uh, to die. That's where the emphasis is. But Our Lady is definitely laying out the groundwork for Jesus' second coming. There is no question. When I took ABC 2020 over years ago, Rob Wallace asked me, uh, he says, do you think this is preparing for the second coming? I says, you bet it is, Rob. He says, when? I said, well, that's what we don't know. It could be 
two years from now. It could be tomorrow. It could be 500 years from now. But there is no question, there is without any doubt, that every single message our Lady has given is preparing us for the second coming. Because one day, we're going to be one day away from it, and one month from it, and one year from it. And and this these whole messages are, are a bed being laid for us to walk and to build fiber, to, to suffer through the time of tribulations and the Antichrist till Jesus comes. So uh, there, there's without doubt that that's the case. And I, I, I say it very strongly that I, I reject what's being taught in some of the seminaries. And you say, who am I to reject? Well, truth. As a baptized Catholic, as a baptized Christian, I have the right to do that. And... and and so it's not going against the magisterium. It's just that we got some a, a real wrong emphasis in the seminaries. You know, we need to be teaching that Jesus is going to come back. Our Lady gave a message that shows this very strongly. She says, prepare yourself to meet Jesus eye to eye. You don't think that that message is going to be used and by, by hundreds of millions of people, at least, if not billions, when they see they're underneath the Antichrist, and they see that Jesus is coming back, and they feel it, we don't know the time of the day. But Jesus said, and this is why I say the seminaries overemphasize this, uh, it's only to be looked at in times of our death, our earthly death. Jesus, the, the, the Jesus said, look at the signs. You know the storms when the clouds gather that the storm's coming. We don't know the time or the day. That's true. Jesus said that too. Only the Father knows that. But know the signs. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus said, look for the signs. And now today, our lady says, do you not see the signs of the times? Do you not recognize the signs of the times? So there's no question that we need to be looking for this. And so for um, this time of Jesus, this this coming of Jesus, so come and come Emmanuel, we need to be singing this from the heart. Our Lady, when she came uh, in 1988 to the bedroom and to the field, and we had these beautiful apparitions, we looked every day for Our Lady to be crying or to be sad. Every day, Maria would say she's, she's happy, she's very happy. We were puzzled by this. We knew the grave situation and the degradation of society even back in then. It was nothing compared to now, but back then, in our state, we knew things were very, very in, in trouble. But Our Lady came and deposited something here on our grounds, something that we didn't uh, expect. We didn't have expectation of that. And and uh, baby Jesus appeared in, in the loft physically. Uh, our Lady was holding her. But through that whole three months period, Our Lady laid some kind of ground rule for the future community. She asked for the community to be established. For what we're doing now, broadcasting around the world. For what we're printing now, for, for, the, for the retooling. So many things she laid out. One time blessing the whole valley in a special way toward the tabernacle of Our Lady's messages. But one thing we noticed, and this is pre-community, so it was, it was family. One thing that was noticed was that there was something happened, some sort of special grace she gave, and it was very connected to Christmas. Uh, a new spirit of Christmas, a new understanding of Christmas. And Christmas in the field was born through that. And we felt this deposit, we felt it in a, in a profound way, and even today I can't explain it. There's just something special of grace. And people who come to the bedroom, people who come to the field, feel that. And so Christmas is a special season for us. And we began to understand that when, we were, when I wrote the novena to uh, reconcile ourselves, our families, and our nation back to God, it was written to be ended toward Christmas, December 8th to the 12th. We end up instituting Christmas in the field, doing the novenas through that time. And ends, seven novenas ends on December 12th, Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, Feast of the Americas, as we say. So during that, time of June when we start our first novena on June 25th every year we've done it for I think 17 years is that correct Joan? Uh, I think it I'm not 100% sure if it's 17 yeah. years yeah so so I think it's 17 years we we know June 25th when we start that novena this begins our preparation for Christmas that far out it's that beautiful and we're going to see again too another feast day August 5th Everybody's birthday do the same thing eventually. 
So get that in the summer. We got like it's gonna be big. It's gonna be right there with Eastern Christmas. It's gonna happen. So we do know we have a special grace deposit here. Is why we have the ability to do what we do and have the ability to speak strongly or write or write strongly what was written today. Uh, our lady, our lady gave us that. Our ladies, don't forget, chose you for something. January twenty fifth, nineteen eighty seven. God has special plans. You must pray. Uh, you must pray to understand what your role is in God's design. Our lady said in that same message, you cannot comprehend the greatness of your role. I believe that. I said, whoa, I'm supposed to be praying to understand it. So I'm doing this. And so whether it's Catherine in England, whether it's somebody in, in, in New York, whether it's somebody halfway around the world in Australia, uh, or right our community, what we're doing, we all have this role to participate in this great, great grand plan and say great because it's in that same message, a great plan for the salvation of the world. And the biggest thing I encourage people to do, especially this Christmas season, is to go back to that January 25th, 87 foundational message that says you cannot comprehend the greatness of your role. Have you discovered that? Have you looked for it yet? Have you wanted to do that? Read that message. And our heart, this message today, is to be in Bethlehem. Our Lady wants to place our heart there in the manger. Uh, we we went, my wife and I went to Jerusalem. When we were there, we wanted to go via Della Rosa. We wanted to see all these sites. We didn't think much about going to the Nativity because we lived Christmas so much at our place. But where we fell down on our knees weeping, and even the priest allowed us to stay with thousands of people moving through, we stepped over by the manger. 45 minutes, just we, we didn't know what hit us. But because of what happened in our home and what happened there, we were overwhelmed with a flood of graces. And that grace of what was deposited there came back to us. There in the spot of Bethlehem. So your heart needs to be in Bethlehem this Christmas. And it can be. And it gives us that opportunity. Eternity stepped into time And drew a mortal breath This mystery so clearly seen The world could not forget That in the town of Bethlehem in the most unlikely place God the Father wore a child's face There's something in the heart of God So purely meek and mild Finds its best expression in the longings of a child. For every child's heart is hungry to be found and loved and known by someone who would make their heart a home. My heart is Bethlehem I will make room for Him This humble dwelling place Made worthy by His grace This child is still adored My heart is Bethlehem I wish for you this Christmas Eve That you would find true peace 
That silent nights are holy nights And wonders never cease There's no remembering The ghost of Christmas past For God's forgiveness finds your heart at last My heart is Bethlehem I will make room for Him This humble dwelling place Made worthy by His grace This child is still adored Because He still is born Deep in the hearts of men My heart is Bethlehem And uh, for, for those of you that have joined us all over the world tonight, uh, our, you're in our prayers, especially during this time between now and Christmas. So tomorrow's show will be Radio Wave Medianomics, and of course that's placing the template of Our Lady's messages over your financial problems. And again, a friend of Medjugorje mentioned that during the show today, of taking the issues of the day and placing Our Lady's messages over those issues as a template to see and view those issues through. And so every Thursday at 12 noon Central Time, uh, that uh, takes place where we take these messages with a friend of Medjugorje and we place them over the issues of the economy, the financial situation, and what you yourself can do uh, to make your uh, future more and more stable. And uh, so that'll be tomorrow at 12 noon. And uh, the next broadcast will be on December 26th uh, for Radio Wave. That will be for the 25th message, and that will be at 7 p.m. Central Time. Well, we'll end now, and uh, maybe we can broadcast some, some of our favorite Christmas songs and do a special show. We'll maybe do something with that. Riaz, before the 25th, we hate not talking to you or contacting you before this Christmas. But anyway, as we leave you, you know that we... Uh, are praying for you. We we want you to be following our lady so closely that you really come in union with her, union with Jesus. And so as we leave you tonight, we say what we always say, that we wish you, our lady. Good night. We love you. <laughs>